Hey beautiful teachers, I'm Nicola Canton from Vibrant Music Teaching. Welcome to the show that's about you. This podcast gives you a sneak peek into the lives and businesses of private music studio teachers so that you can share in their successes, learn from their mistakes and feel part of a global community that's dedicated to sharing music with others. Today we're visiting Colin Campbell in Virginia. Colin had the enviable experience of being mentored by his teacher in his first years. I hope his story inspires you to seek out a mentor if you're a new teacher, or to help a new teacher find their feet so their first years are as smooth as Colin's. Colin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. We like to start our show with a little bit of a game. So I want you to tell me two lies and one thing that's true about yourself, and I'll try to guess which one is which. I love how you reordered that to be two lies and a truth instead of the two truths and a lie. Let me see. Here we go. I played tuba in my school's marching band. When I was 15, I operated one of the largest commercial iris gardens in my state. Also at 15, I aced a university level music theory examination. Ooh, these are interesting ones and told so convincingly. Hmm. I'm going to say the third one is the truth. Very close. It is actually the middle one. Oh, that was my gut. I was almost going for that one. And then I was like, no, I'm going to go with the theory. So the second one is true. Tell us more about that. As I've always loved plants and gardening too. And I love iris flowers in particular. I've grown about 300 different varieties of iris plants and breed my own new varieties. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, wow. Thank you. So that tells us a little bit about you outside the studio. Now we'd like to get to know you as a teacher more generally. So could you give us three words that could describe you? This would be three adjectives or something that you might use, for example, on an ad for your studio or on a billboard. What would you say about yourself? I would want to use the words customized music lessons in it. I think customization really describes my studio because I have a wide variety of musical schools to teach to my students and I want to teach them what they want to learn and mix that up in different combinations for them. Oh, that's beautiful. So what was your own musical upbringing like then? When did you start lessons and did they feel customized to you? Let me see. I'm not sure I would have my lessons as customized, but I did really enjoy them and had lots of fun and learned lots of things. So before I started taking lessons, my parents made sure I had lots of musical opportunities in my life. When I was six, they took me to go hear the orchestra at the Kennedy Center. They've done lots of things like that for me. And at that orchestra performance, there was what they called an instrument petting zoo, where kids could try out all the different instruments. And I was thinking about what instrument might I want to learn. And 
at that young age, I thought I wanted to play the double bass because it was so cool because it came with this guy to hold it for you and you just had to stand in front and bow it. But then I ended up doing piano. Mm -hmm. At seven, my mom taught me a little bit about reading music. And then at eight, we found a teacher. And what's funny is that now I'm actually teaching piano lessons to my mom. Oh, wow. That's so lovely. It is lots of fun. So I started lessons at eight. I had a delightful teacher. I became really good friends with her. Um, we still get together and visit each other, even though it's been a long time since she taught me. Oh, that's great that you've kept in touch. So how long did you take lessons with her? So I, I've had three teachers. I took with her from when I was eight to 14. And I think she was a voice teacher too. So I did 45 minutes of piano and then 45 minutes of voice in a day. Wow, did you do those back to back? So was it an hour yes. It was yeah. back to back. I learned a lot of good things about sight reading and sight singing and really strong rhythm from her. Fantastic. So what about your next teachers then? My next year, I studied under for two years and she taught me a lot about improvisation, which was really helpful. Oh, great. And then she also did taught me a lot about how to be a piano teacher, which I guess we can cover in that question about how I started to teach. And then after that, I went to a more university level teacher and she really worked with me on correct technique and having good wrist action in my pieces and really getting them ready for performance. I loved doing duets with her. I hadn't done duets with a teacher before, my last teacher. Wow, okay, so that combination of teachers sounds like it gave you a really wide base. Did you practice consistently the whole way through? I would say I did. I always loved my lessons. I wanted to please my teachers and do well under them. Um, like every child, my parents had to encourage me sometimes to practice when I didn't want to. But then definitely as a teenager, I had strong practice habits. That's wonderful. You sound like a model student then. I think every teacher listening, which is they had you as a teenager in their studio. So is there anything you wish had been included in, in your various lessons? It sounds like you covered a lot of ground with your different teachers. Let me see. There's not a huge thing because I really enjoyed what they all taught me. But one thing I would have liked more of is more movement. There is a lot of sitting still on a bench and I would have enjoyed getting to get up and move more. Yes, right. And do you do that with your students now? I do. Yes, I have. Some where we do this dance where my studio is in the basement, which is in a circle format. So we do this dance where you run around the room. And then sometimes I just tell them, go do 20 jumping jacks for me. They're weekly. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to move, right? It doesn't even need to be a musical activity every time. So when and how did you get into teaching yourself? At what stage does that start to happen? With my second teacher, I would have been about 15. I thought I might want to teach piano. That sounded like an interesting idea. And I was talking to her about that. And she had done internships with other students to teach them how to teach. So we did an internship where I found a student and I taught them at her studio. And she would sit back and watch and take notes. And then if I needed rescued in the lesson, she'd rescue me. And then she'd give me feedback and tips afterward. And I did that for a whole year with her. Oh, that's fantastic. So it was sort of a mentorship thing. She was sitting in and observing all your lessons or just some? At that point, I just had two students who I taught at her studio. I'd also come and observe her teach her students just so I could see different levels. 
Wow, it sounds like the ideal scenario to get started with. And did you love it right away? I did like it right away. Um, it was definitely a learning curve with lots of things to learn about. And I was glad I had someone to walk, walk alongside me because there's so many new things. And she talked about even some parts about developing studio policies and getting paid and things like that. Fantastic. Sounds like the ideal experience. So from after working with her, did you start teaching, branch out and start teaching on your own? Yes, after the internship, I taught a friend for a year and then I decided I want to actually start my own business with this. So I bought a sign for my studio, which is a different name than it is now. I put that up and I also am a church musician. So I'm up every Sunday at my church playing. So I had people from my church who wanted their kids to take lessons from me. So I had four students the first year, some from church, some from the sign. And then through word of mouth, and then I built a website after that. Then eight years I've been teaching, I guess about six, really as my own business. And I have 18 students now. Fantastic. Sounds like it's been a pretty smooth road, although I'm sure there have been some bumps along the way. Can you tell me about a student in particular that changed something about how you teach or how you view your profession, your job, or how you run your business? Yes, I do see one student really having changed things. A couple years ago, I had an adult student who was interested in taking lessons from me, and that was my first adult student I would have taught. Before that point, I had the same goals for all my students. At first, that was making sure everybody had perfect technique with the wrist action, because I was good at that. But then that moved a few years later when I joined Vibrant Music Teaching to I had the goal that all my students would be really creative composers and improvisers. But then this lady told me that she was not at all interested in composing or improvising. And I really had fun teaching those things, but I wanted to teach her what she wanted. So I agreed not to teach her those things and found other things to teach her that met her goals. And she is thriving and really having fun with her lessons. And I realized that I should be here to teach my students what they want to learn and what will meet their musical goals and give them joy rather than what I want to teach them. Yes, absolutely. So it was a lesson in student-centered teaching really for you, was it? Definitely. It's really helped with a lot of other students who have unique goals. Mm, absolutely. So important to follow why they're there, especially even more so for adults who really they're there for a reason. And if they know what it is, we need to follow their lead sometimes. So what's the biggest mistake you think you've made in your teaching career so far? A mistake I've seen that I've made is getting too excited about jumping around from one cool new thing I find about teaching to another and not giving my students always enough time to really have enough repetition. One thing we'll go from this game to we're going to compose, we're going to improvise and just jumping around too much. Yeah, because you're so excited about the new thing, but your student mm -hmm. hasn't grounded themselves in, in the last thing. Have I got that right? Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a struggle because we need to stay motivated as a teacher as well. We need to do things that are exciting to us so that we pass on that excitement to students, but we can't be 
adding on too much that a student doesn't even know where they stand. That's very true. So if you could turn back time and talk to yourself as a first year teacher when you're doing that internship, what advice do you think you, sh you could give yourself? Maybe something that your teacher at the time wasn't necessarily telling you that you now know. One thing I would want to tell myself is this. I intended to think that every piece that a student learned had to really be teaching them something about reading or expression. And now I've come to realize that sometimes there'll be a piece that a student wants to learn that will just give them a sense of achievement. Um, learning how to play Fearless by rote may not make them a better pianist, but it's going to, they're going to have fun with it. And that's still important. Yes. So I think I would want to tell myself that because I shied away from things that the student wanted to do that I didn't see as teaching them something. Yeah. As teachers, we always want to be driving the car forward, right? We're always making progress, making progress. And sometimes students need to stop and smell the roses or do something that's just going to make them feel like they're doing well, even if we know it doesn't push them any further forward. Definitely. So is there anything you think people outside the music teaching industry misunderstand about what we do? I think that parents misunderstand how different one piano teacher is going to be from another when they're picking a teacher for their child. That would be cool to have parents have resources to be more educated about learning that there's a more approach to get you ready for a conservatory and there's an approach that's more focused on pop music and then everything in between from the teacher having their method to a more student focused method. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, no one else has mentioned that so far. And I don't think I've really thought about it before from that perspective, but it's a very good point. Parents don't always realize that there isn't one way to teach piano. And so they're, they're not just looking for, you know, the closest by teacher or any teacher for their child. They need to look for someone that suits them and their goals. Yeah, all those teachers are equally valid, but they're doing different things. Parents would care which type of teacher their child got if they knew what the differences were and maybe there's not that variety in every area that some certainly there would be. Yeah, but sometimes there is and it's good to know, especially in a large city where you've loads of choice. So finally then, Colin, I want you to imagine a teacher out there who stumbled across this episode, but they're maybe not as connected to other teachers as you are. And they're feeling pretty uncertain about whether they're doing it right. They're going from day to day, but they're never sure if it's the right answer or if they're doing running their business correctly or anything like that. Do you have any advice that you could share with them? I think I would want to share two things with them. One is that I've learned that finding the perfect method or the perfect resource has never been the panacea I thought it would be that I've learned that I can really tailor any method to what I want to teach by adding things or chopping things out of it. So not to worry about finding the perfect things to use, but think about what's important to you as a teacher. The other thing I'd want to tell that teacher would be how encouraging and helpful it's been to get continuing education 
some things like vibrant music teaching to learn about new ways of teaching. And there's always something helpful about in teaching or running my business that I found that I might not have thought of or I didn't even know about rote teaching was a thing until about a year and a half ago. And that's been so wonderful. Mm, yeah, that's fantastic advice to reach out to communities, whatever professional development site or place or degree or anything that might be helpful for them to keep seeking out new ideas is a great, great thing to share with everyone. Colin, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure. It has been a pleasure for me to get to have this interview with you and get to meet you. This is wonderful. Thanks for listening. Do you love this show? Then please share your favorite episode with a teacher friend who you think might enjoy it and benefit from it. If you resonated with today's story, then the Vibrant Music Teaching membership is probably a good fit for you too. Find out more at vibrantmusicteaching.com.